Hello and welcome to this episode of the Camera Channel Podcast. My name is Michael Sanders. Whilst the COVID-19 crisis has shut down almost all film and TV production, news crews around the world are working harder than ever to keep us informed of the rapidly changing situation. But it's far from business as usual. Even with reporters and presenters working from home, crews and correspondents often need to be on location. So how do you cover the news in what is a very collaborative and often intimate process, whilst keeping everyone safe and sticking to the new rules on social distancing? Over the next few weeks, I'm hoping to bring you tales from the front line, starting today with how one London-based crew are sending nightly lives back to a broadcaster in the United States. So I'm John Templeton. I'm working with a US news broadcaster, shooting lives with with reporters around uh, central London. So how have you adapted to working on location in light of all the rules regarding social distancing and keeping equipment clean? Working on location changed really by having a protocol, keeping a, a distance from my colleagues and, and politely reminding them about that, having this setup uh, that has a distance, that I'm usually the only one handling the kit. The sound recorder comes and helps me. He's wearing gloves. He's using only a, a boom mic, never, never a lapel mic. When the correspondent comes into the setup, we move away from the lights. If you're going to adjust the lights, we ask him or her to step away and do that. So observing the two metre distance um, and just being very careful about that, but also that hand hygiene, it kind of when I go in and out of the car uh, and, and washing my hands with, you know, with, with the sanitizer. Now, news crews are usually a very well-oiled machine. Is it still all hands on deck or have you had to change how you work there as well? Much less of the mucking in, and with with it with my suggestion, really, that we don't do that. I don't want people touching my kid because you can't be sure they may be wearing gloves. You need to be confident in your that your colleagues uh, is, is following the protocol. They could be wearing gloves when they touch their face. That negates that. So yes, less mucking in, and I'm happy for that. It's part of why I I kind of take a little bit longer doing the setting up but it's also so that I don't make a mistake myself kind of under and rushing um so yes much more kind of demarcated you said with your kit so is this your kit or is this the kit you're assigned to by the client so with this particular client we'd usually be using their equipment but I put it to them that a few weeks ago that I wasn't willing to do that. They they accepted my point, which was that there's a risk there, that we couldn't be sure about how long the virus survives on surfaces. And if it's 72 hours, or even if it's 12 hours, I could be picking up the kit from someone else, and both of us could be thinking we're doing a good hygiene job, but maybe one of us doesn't. And then we you know one of us or both of us go down with a virus. So I put it to the client, you know, you don't have many people. You want to keep kind of teams separate and equipment separate. And thankfully, they they uh, they, they saw the, the reason behind that and, and they went for that. That's a really important tip because obviously equipment is shared around crews. 
Exactly. It is a health and safety issue. It's a kind of a, a duty of care. Because, you know, it's not a clever idea for us to be sharing kits that, 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 that might have a virus on it. So would you say that the main knock-on effect is that everything's just taking that little bit longer? Yes, a little bit. That's, but that's, that's my kind of caution with everything, that I don't want to have a panic. I don't want to do, do something kind of without being careful about it. So just being kind of yeah, much more considered. Um, and because there's a certain level of, of, of higher concern or awareness of us i hope in the whole team that we yeah that we take our time we want to be as calm as we can be because if people everyone's under you know a little bit of extra stress at the moment so on a practical level what has changed what about the sharing of equipment such as microphones and earpieces so you're yeah, not sharing devices. For instance, um, the uh, yeah the earpiece or device that the earpiece is going into. You really want your the the uh, the journalist to have their own kit, and not all of them do yet. So you've got to sanitise any gear that is going over to them. But they're they're putting in their their own earpiece and clipping it on the back. We're not going anywhere near them. You've got to just politely say, hey, no, you've got to adjust the clip we can see the cable where in the past the recordist might go around and and kind of give give them a hand with that um yeah so it's just kind of yeah keeping to to your job if you're going to go near anybody talking through what you're going to be doing i don't move particularly quickly anymore around them i say hey i'm going to move this light do you want to step back um it's as, it's as much for, the, for for them as it is for me um, because I don't want to bring down the, the report. You know, there, there's a, a highly valued asset for, for the broadcaster. So you've got to yeah, be careful. But I've got to look after everybody that, that I'm living with and everybody I, I'm around. Now, you're transmitting via a cellular bonded kit provided by the broadcaster. So who's responsible for setting that up and plugging it in? Now, the producer is plugging it in. Uh, and if they can, I'm yeah, getting them to unplug it. Um, if I unplug it, I'm aware that I've got to immediately uh, sanitise my hands. It may sound trivial, but it's actually quite important because if you touch a cable that someone else has plugged in, you could, despite your best efforts, now be potentially contaminated. Exactly. Hence, kind of wanting to be not rushing. So I kind of show up a little earlier on location and I just take my time. Exactly. You don't want to have a last minute rush that you will do. You know, you make your, your one little mistake and you, you, know, you might have major, might be uh, major repercussions because of that. I'd also worked in the uh, Ebola outbreak in Sierra Leone and that had that kind of thought, that kind of you, and it, of course, you had the, the training on on how you should be dressing for that, and an awareness that your one little error in the order that you do something in could be really bad. Presumably, the correspondents have now got their own equipment, so they can go live on their own without a crew. Particularly if the lockdown conditions are extended. I know that the correspondents have been given um, kind of lighting, sound, and and uh, about specific uh, phones to use to be doing their own lives. Um, thankfully, for the moment, those haven't been used very often, um, which yeah, is a bit of a relief. But they have that 
facility now to be able to do a live from their their own uh, homes. And how about the rest of your colleagues? Are they also all suitably conscientious in their approach? I think some colleagues get a little wrapped up in their work and need a gentle reminding to move a little back. So I think it's in that way, it's a little early days. It's not completely drilled into everybody's minds. Um, But we've been working on that. It's really interesting to hear just how much of a pragmatic approach you've taken to this. To my mind, it's thinking about, is this something you really have to do? And if you don't really have to do it, don't do it. What's the point? If it has a level of risk to it, don't do it. And you can kind, you can feel a bit as though you're being a bit kind of uptight, a bit ridiculous. But I, I don't really care. I just keep on saying to my colleagues that, you know, if it doesn't stop us doing the work, then you take these extra steps if you know because it's it's not getting in the way um and it's reducing the risk you know hopefully what you're doing is reducing the risk if it's making it worse then don't do it but you keep mindful and also what i'm doing is listening to the the best information uh so that yeah that i'm up to speed with um what the risks are as far as we know Uh, So just try to be smart about it. Now, I know, speaking to others who are working in London at the moment, that it is very strange. It's very spookily quiet. So I suppose the last question I want to ask you is, what's it actually like working in these conditions? It must be very weird. It kind of starts really when you leave your house, that it feels a little odd because so few other people are doing it. So driving there... It's much quicker to get in, but you kind of, it feels odd. It feels a little bit like a war zone when the one that's gone very quiet. It feels eerie, so you feel a kind of a little bit wary that you're out and most people aren't. Um, but that also feels like a privilege. You know, it's part of our job that we're nosy and we want to see what's going on around us. So you know, that's a great upside. But being on your home turf in that respect must be very strange. That's yeah, one of the key oddities about it, because you're kind of used to going to somewhere else, the idea of the story being being away from home, and then you come home and, and you put your feet up and it's you know, you you're away from it. But when that's not the case, when you're living the story, that's yeah, that's not an experience I've had before. So there it is, the first of our stories from the COVID nineteen frontline. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to thank my guest, John Templeton. If you are working on news coverage and have an interesting story to tell, I'd love to hear it. I'm really interested in the innovative ways you are keeping working during the crisis. You can get in touch on Twitter, just search for the Camera Channel podcast, or email camerachannel at mjsanders.co.uk. My name is Michael Sanders. Thank you for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.